It is Saturday, the 16th of June, 2018. My name is Harry Hardy, and you are listening to Harry Hardy's Fun, Saturday internet podcast thing with me, Harry Hardy. I've already said that. Anyway, hello, listener. Thank you very much for joining me on this uh, somewhat sporadic podcast, which uh, I frequently update whenever I just feel like it, really. I haven't really got a schedule at the minute. I've, I've not done one of these in months, I don't think. Uh, just because, you know, I've just not had any time to. Um, but right this second, I've got a spare hour or so, maybe 45 minutes just to record a bit of a podcast, and then I might record another bit later and make a full sort of podcast thing. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to do right now. I've got a bit of time to kill because I'm waiting for uh, Tom McManus and uh, Paul Vicario to turn up here at these studios at Media City. Um, to record an episode of uh, our wrestling podcast, Around the Ring in Seven Days. Have you listened to it yet? Around the Ring in Seven Days? I've been updating that more frequently than I've been updating this podcast. That's where my podcast attention's been going to these uh, past few months since I've been away from this one. Um, Search for it on iTunes or uh, it's even on Acast. I haven't even got this podcast on Acast as of uh, this time of recording. I might have it. You know what, I'm going to put it on Acast uh, before this episode goes out. That's what I'm going to do. This podcast will now be on Acast as well as all the other platforms that you've come to know and love to listen to your podcasts on. Um, yeah, uh, search for Around the Ring in Seven Days if you're into wrestling. Uh, Tom and Paul host it. And uh, me, I've got very uh, little to zero interest in wrestling. I've got absolutely no wrestling knowledge really other than I know who Hulk Hogan is, and I know how to spell WWE. Um, but I, I chime in every now and then just to correct them on things when they talk about TV channels and um, when when the, the subject veers from wrestling and goes on to things like children's television or um, radio programs, I'm, I'm there to uh, correct Tom and Paul. That's my job on that and I push the buttons for them as well I book the studio out for them because they can't and I, I mix I operate the mixing desk for them because they can't do that either that's my role on that podcast listen to it it is fun though it's a very fun podcast I don't feel, I feel like you know I'm persuading you to go and listen to it that well um yeah it's great we um one of our things in the past few recent weeks is um Tom has lost a bet he had lost a bet and uh, we had him made a pair of leggings with his face printed all over, like, the front, uh, all over them, uh, checkerboard style, like, his face just, like, got, like, in an awful pattern, like, a sort of repeating thing. It just, it looks terrible, these um, leggings. Uh, Tom had to pay for him with his own money, cost him nearly £40 to uh, get these produced and shipped out to him. And, um, yeah, we... Um, we got him to wear them. We got him to wear these awful leggings of his own face. They were really tight. He ordered um, XL women's size. And they were still too tight on Tom. Um, it was a sight. We live-streamed the whole thing on Facebook. On the Facebook page, facebook.com slash ringin7. Yeah, that's the podcast. Yeah, that's it. That's the. I'm just trying to remember now. Is that the website? Is that the URL? Yeah, it is, I think. Yep. Um... And by golly gosh, it was something. We had a laugh that day, me and Paul and all the four viewers that watched it on the stream. 
And uh, last week, well, last week, as of this time, you know, right now, me recording it, it'll be about two weeks by the time you're listening to this. Um, we had um, Amir Jordan on, who is a up-and-coming WWE new signee wrestler um, based um, somewhere in Yorkshire. I think it was Halifax or Bradford. Could be somewhere else. Could be Wakefield, even. Either way, he's from Yorkshire, and that was very interesting to hear his story. It was a sort of a rags-to-riches type story, uh, going from amateur to professional wrestling in just two years. That's quite a story, a success story. It was... Very nice to hear him. He was a very humble, lovely guy as well. Uh, even if you're not a fan of wrestling, it's good to hear that sort of story, I think. And I, I was captivated by what he had to say, genuinely. Um, so give that a listen. That was episode 12, I think. Yeah. So if, if you want a reference point, if you want a, like an entry point into the podcast, episode 12 is a good place to start. Um I'll give you a brief uh, overview of in-jokes and stuff. We talk about Tim Hortons a lot because uh, Paul... Very much likes Tim Hortons, the uh, Canadian-based coffee chain uh, that's just recently opened in the UK. He likes, uh, he always goes there for a coffee and before uh, a recording session here at Media City. And um, I've yet to try them, to be honest with you. I've, I've stepped inside the one on Oxford Road here in Manchester. Um, never bought anything yet, though. I'm, I'm intrigued by their Tim bits, their little um, um, donut things. I want to try them out. It just didn't look that great, really, listeners, when I went into it. It looks... Well, I had a look at the menu. It's affordable, yeah? Uh, if, you know, however many millions of Canadians can't be wrong, I guess. Um, the colour scheme inside, grey and red. Yeah, I like I like red. I like grey. I'm sitting in a grey and red room right now, actually. I've just realised this studio's got grey and red stripes all up the wall. Um... Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to be critical about Tim Hortons. I've, I've literally got no uh, grounds to be critical. I've not even tried any of their products. I've not. I've only just stepped in and then walked back out. Walked back out of one. I'm sure it's lovely. T- uh, Paul seems to like it. So, yeah, I'm sure it's lovely. Anyway, it's, this isn't what I was wanting to talk about today uh, on the podcast. Uh, what I want to do is I want to um, take you back to 2012, listeners, if I can. Uh, 2012 was a wonderful year in my life. I was uh, in college. I was in Newcastle College uh, doing a... Uh, cre- was it a diploma? I forget which qualification I was doing. A national diploma in creative media production. I think that's what I was doing. I think that's the name of it. Creative media production. I can't remember. <clears throat> um I was doing something with media at college, and um, I was uh, hating every second of it, really. It was awful. Um, Pretty much the same as what I'm experiencing now, come to think of it, here at this uh, university. Um, I'm just a miserable kind of guy, really, even though I do this uh, fun Saturday internet podcast. I'm quite miserable inside, and uh, I I don't really like many things, Um, and I... In 2012, I certainly wasn't enjoying my time at college. So what I was doing in my spare time was I was um, occasionally writing bits of fan fiction, um, not for things that I actually liked, not for things that I was actually a fan of. I was, um, see, me and my little sister Marie, we uh, were avid readers of Kerrang! magazine back then, about six years ago, and we were very much into that that scene of music. Green Day, my favourite band, had just released or were in the process of releasing their um, trilogy of albums, the Uno Dos Tre 
trilogy. Um, so I was buying Kerrang every week to read up on developments for that, like, you know, exclusive interviews, that sort of thing. Ooh. Ooh. Just having a sip of Rington's tea, delicious. Um, so I was buying that every week, having a little flick through, seeing what Billy Joe and Mike and Trey had to say, if they ever had anything to say that week. Um, M- Marie was buying it for All Time Low, which is her favourite band. They were in it every week and they still are. That's on Green Day, actually. Um, they're still in Kerrang! every week to this day. But there were, like, you know, bands in between, like um, Black Veil Brides and uh, Bring Me the Horizon, which both me and Marie found, like, you know, laughable sort of shit bands, kind of, um, to, uh, for lack of a better phrase. Shit bands is what I'd call them. Um, uh, especially Black Veil Brides. And what I did was I, uh, I took the characters the uh, band members of uh, Black Veil Brides, and I put them in a sort of a fan fiction type thing. Put them in, like, in a, uh, I guess you could call it their own separate universe or whatever. I don't know. I don't want to be all, like, wanky about it. I don't want to be, like, you know, I don't want to act like they're Marvel characters or anything that are in their own separate universe. I don't, like, you know, they're not in, the, you, know, you know what I mean? That like It's a fictionalised version of the band members, um, and they would do, like, just the most mundane things. They would be uh, terrible. Um... My series was called, I think it only lasted two episodes anyway, two um, instalments. It was called On Tour with the Black Veil Brides. In fact, I'm going to try and find it now on um, the fan fiction website that I, I, I used to upload them to. Um, on Tour with the Black Veil Brides. I should have done this before I started recording. Uh, oh, that's not helpful. That's tour dates for the Black Veil Brides. It's not actually helpful at all. What was I expecting? I wasn't expecting my fan fiction to be top of the list. Uh, oh, where is it? What website did I used to use? I did it um, under my um, pseudonym, Sheridan Blackhead, which is what I do for like most of my prank things. Um, the story behind Sheridan Blackhead was that my dad used to write, uh, when he was like a young boy... Uh, maybe teen- a teenager, he used to write to uh, Elvis Presley fanzines under that pseudonym, Sheridan Blackhead. And when I used to do prank letters and emails and stuff, and when I'd do like stupid things on Twitter sometimes, or write fan fiction like this, I would use Sheridan Blackhead myself. So I sort of I sort of stole it off my dad. I don't know who he stole it off of. Um, it's possible that he stole it from someone. I mean, I'd like to think my dad is capable, capable of having an original idea, but um, I don't know. You might have stole it from someone, but I've stole it from him. So I'm, who's original, really? Who, who am I to argue about who's being original or not when I'm a, a petty thief myself? Anyway, I found it. If you want to find it, it's on fanfiction.net. The The series is called On Tour with the Black Veil Brides. There's only two chapters. I was right. There's only two chapters. The subtitle is, Ever wonder what the crazy Black Veil Brides guys get up to every day? Well... Here's a collection. Here are a collection, sorry, of some of their... What? Well, here are a collection of some of their hilarious antics. How can I not read that? That doesn't bode well for what I'm about to do. I'm going to read you the two chapters from On Tour with the Black Veil Brides that I had published. I think I might have a third one somewhere on an old computer just lying around that I never uploaded or anything. Maybe one day you'll get to hear that one. But for the time being, I'm going to read you chapter one, checking in, and... uh, then chapter two, which I forget the title of now. What is it? Chapter two. 
Wild in Wales, in brackets, Andy's birthday, part one. I think I wrote part two for that, but I never put it online. Maybe it'll make a resurgence one day. I don't know. Let's find out. I'm going to do the voices as well. Let's, let's see how well this goes. Okay, chapter one, checking in. Oh, yes. Um, no, no, that's not right. <clears throat> oh, yes, shouted a genuinely excited Andy, gleefully surveying his new surroundings. This is the life. This is what we want. He clocked a fresh bottle of champagne sitting on the desk in the corner of the room, just underneath the wall-mounted CRT television. We are living the dream, he stated to his bandmates, who were standing in the doorway together, looking at him, looking at him as if he was a madman. Are you being serious, man? asked Ashley. I can't tell if you're joking or not. Andy uncorked the bottle of bubbly and poured the frothing fluid into his wide open mouth. With champagne overflowing out of his gob, running down the contours of his new chest and onto the freshly cleaned carpet, Andy replied, Of course I'm being serious. Why do you think I would be joking? The rest of the guys laughed. Take a look around, Andy shouted, indicating to objects around the room. There are only two single beds for starters. Yeah, and look at that TV, man, piped up CC from behind Andy. This place sucks serious ass. Shaking his head, Andy defended his room. Look, this room isn't for all of us, obviously. Jake, CC, Jinx, your rooms are down the hallway. He took another swig from the bottle, but managed to get more on the floor than in his mouth. CC, he said, wiping a mixture of saliva and champagne off his youthful chin. My TV isn't your concern, okay? You have one exactly like it in your room. But just look at it, replied Cece, pointing at it with both hands. It's tiny. How are we meant to watch anything on it? It doesn't matter anyway, said Jinx with an apparent tone of sarcasm. English TV sucks anyway. It's all politics this and embroidery that. You'll just turn it off after five minutes. Yeah, you've got a point, but we're not even in England, are we? said Andy. We're in Scotland, you fool. Don't you remember high school geography, Jinx? England, Scotland, it's all the same, replied Jinx, trying to pretend that he hadn't made such a complete schoolboy error. I'm laughing at my own words. Anyway, that probably means that there'll just be shitty bagpipe music and haggis on TV instead. Scots love that crap. Don't go hating on Scotland, said, said a clearly offended Andy. Just look at it. With a camp flourish, Andy skipped to the window in the room and opened the curtains, unveiling a picturesque view of a drab industrial estate and an enormous Tesco hypermarket poking into view in the distance. Gentlemen, welcome to Aberdeen, said Andy with a ridiculous amount of pride. The rest of the gang continued to stare at him as if he was a lunatic in silence for at least 20 awkward seconds. CC took it upon himself to break the silence. What's his voice again? Is it this one? I forget what CC's voice is. How much did the label spend on this place? Take a guess, shouted Andy from across the room with a massive toothy grin. I'm too, I'm, oh my god, I'm adopting the American accent for myself. Take a guess, shouted Andy from across the room, with a massive toothy grin plastered across his gorgeous face. Ah, uh, I don't know, 
said Cece with zero interest. They got it for free? Wrong, bellowed Andy. I don't care, I hate your shitty games anyway. Well, I'll tell you then, trumpeted Andy, clapping his hands together, creating a powerfully loud noise that brought the group to attention. Our management paid just £66 per night per person. Isn't that great value for money? The guys continued staring. Andy had lost it. He was a goner. How much is that in US dollars? asked Jake, who wasn't in the hotel room at all, but standing in the hallway outside. Oh, shut up, Jake, said Jinx, along with moans and groans from the rest of the group. Shut up, Jake. Well, said Andy, I'm glad you asked. Currently at the time of this, of me saying this to you, which is of course 9.48pm on Sunday the 26th of February 2012, the current pound to dollar rate is at 1.58645. Oh, what's Ashley's voice? That's just $104.71 per person a night, said Andy, Andy, brandishing a scientific calculator in his hand. He's right, said Cece, also holding a calculator. Andy has managed to get Cece interested in the topic. How many nights are we staying for again? Andy kept his manic grin as he delivered the reply. We'll be staying here at the Aberdeen West Premier Inn for a full three nights. Andy, Ashley and Cece tapped away at their respective calculators before saying together in perfectly synchronized unison... That's a mere $314.13 for our entire stay, which also equals up to £198. I knew you'd be impressed, said a smug, nodding Andy. That also includes our breakfast in the morning, so we can treat ourselves to a traditional British fry-up every day. Cool, huh? The gang nodded. Uh, Jinx. Yeah, that is pretty cool, said Jinx. Andy nodded and smiled at Jinx, who swiftly returned the facial gesture. The pair embraced this heartwarming moment of male bonding. The atmosphere in the premiering room quickly turned pleasant and warm and made the other members of the Black Veil Bride smile as they enjoyed this touching minute of loving friendship. That's the end of chapter one of On Tour with the Black Veil Brides. Let's move on to chapter two, the second and final chapter so far in... uh, this wonderful series. I hope you enjoyed uh, chapter one. Let's start. Chapter two, Wild in Wales, Andy's birthday, part one. Jinx, Cece and Jake dashed through the front door of their Welsh rented cottage to prevent a further soaking from the deluge of rain pouring unapologetically out of the heavens. Clutching plastic carrier bags dripping with water, the trio tried their best to get from the front porch, through the hallway, and into the small but beautifully decorated kitchen, while carefully trying not to get any mud from their dirty rock and roll boots onto the immaculate cream carpets. I can't believe it, came a loud voice from the kitchen. Jinx, Cece, and Jake froze in the hallway and looked at each other. Was that Ashley? asked Cece. It sounded like him, Jinx replied. Wonder what he's so mad about, asked Jake. Shut up, Jake, said Cece and Jinx together. The three continued their journey into the kitchen to see Ashley, completely topless, shouting into his Blackberry to their manager. They've they've done it again. They've gone and messed up our accommodation again, yelled Ashley. How on earth is it wise to put us in a cottage 200 miles away from Cardiff? How? Answer me that. 
The four exchange looks with each other, Ashley nodding at his three drenched bandmates as a greeting. Oh, don't give me that shit, Nathan, Ashley continued. We're in the middle of the Welsh countryside here. What if we got stuck behind farm traffic on our way to Cardiff? Or if there was some sort of sheep explosion or something like that? There was another little pause as Ashley let his inaudible manager defend himself. Again, the four looked at each other for an awkward moment that seemed to last an eternity. Well, I don't know, do I? How am I meant to know what goes on in this crazy country? Anything could happen in this place. I've heard some pretty weird stories, Nathan. Again, another pause. In brackets, if this was on television or if it was a movie, I wouldn't need to explain these pauses because they'd be self-explanatory. But because this is text, I need to, in quite a lot of detail. Sorry about that. End of brackets. Right, well I'm going now, Nathan. Make sure our tour bus driver gets the right details for his GPS. Okay now, bye-bye. Ashley hung up. Ugh, what an absolute jerk. Our manager is a jerk. What a jerk. Jinx, Cece, and Jake to him. Uh, Jake to him. Jinx, Cece, and Jake looked at him, cold, wet, and shivering, like three abandoned puppies. Oh, sorry, guys, I'll turn the heating on, said Ashley. Actually, it is quite chilly, isn't it? I think I'll put my shirt back on. Uh, the guys watched Ashley put on a tight-fitting Young Guns t-shirt. That's another band from uh, the days of Kerrang! 2012. Uh, complete with a massive photo of Gustav's Wo- uh, Gustav Wood's face. That's the lead singer, I believe, of Young Guns. Me and my sister had a sort of a running joke about him. Um, we used to harass him on Twitter and send him stupid um, things until I think he blocked my sister because, uh, what was it, he, he quote retweeted her and called her a wacky fake or something, and then lame, I forget. Anyway, uh, a Young Guns t-shirt, complete with a massive photo of Gustav Wood's face printed across the front of it. We went, we went to Morrison's, Cece said. We got some shopping for the cottage. Oh, brilliant, said Ashley in approval. The Lord will be pleased. Oh, what's, Jinx, what's Jinx's voice? Where is he? asked Jinx. Who? The Lord, Ashley replied. He's upstairs having his beauty sleep. Jake shook his head in disbelief. That's the stupidest thing. This is the stupidest thing he's ever made us call him. I hate it. Oh, just shut up, Jake, said Ashley. No one even likes you. We got some milk and a new loaf of bread, Cece continued. And we treated ourselves to some CDs, too. Just to put on while we're making breakfast, you know? Fabulous. What did you guys get? Uh, <clears throat> Just this and that, Jinx told Ashley. The latest Now album, the new Green Day one. Green Day. And we got a couple for the Lord's birthday present, too. A loud voice with a strange fake English accent bellowed from up the stairs. Did someone say they got me some CDs for my birthday? Everyone tried to hush each other. Uh, uh, no, said a panicked Ashley. You must have been hearing things, Lord. Andy began to walk down the stairs, holding his hands away from his stomach as if he was pretending to have a fat belly, taking huge, heavy steps and pulling a strange facial expression similar to pouncing. I don't think I've been hearing things, said Andy in the same loud voice that came from upstairs. I think I've heard everything absolutely correctly, and I am happy to fight anyone that says otherwise. Ashley looked at Andy. Andy looked at Ashley. Are you calling me a liar, Ashley? No, Lord. 
No, no, Lord. Do you want to have a little fight with the Lord, Ashley? No, of course not. Well, I do, Ashley, because I'm the Lord. And with that, Andy pounced on Ashley, bringing him straight down to the linoleum floor. Is Andy mental? Is Ashley okay? Will Jake shut up? And what CDs did the guys get Andy for his birthday? Find out next time! And that's uh, the end of chapter two and the end of the series so far. I remember exactly what CDs they got him for his birthday, but I'm not going to tell you because I would like to come back to this one day, maybe. Um, I don't know when I'll do it, though. I've got one more bit of uh, fan fiction that I wrote once. Me and my sister were big fans of My Chemical Romance and Gerard Way. We like uh, their work and his work very, very, very much. I went to see Gerard Way in concert uh, um, in was it January 2015, I think? I went to see him at Brixton Academy. Um, like his post My Chemical Romance era. Uh, the Hesitant Alien tour, that's what it was. He just uh, he released a solo album called Hesitant, Hesitant Alien. And it's a very good album. It's available on all places where you can buy albums. I don't know why I'm plugging it, as if it ever needs plugging. And as if this is the place to plug albums. I mean, no one listens to this apart from three people. Hello, three people who are listening to this. Um... But I did a, um, I started a series uh, about um, Gerard Way. I don't know if it was post-breakup for My Chemical Romance. How many paragraphs are in this? It's about six, seven paragraphs. It's very short. When did My Chemical Romance split up? Because this is quite a depressing tale. Um... They broke up in 2013, March 2013. I wrote this in October 2012. So it was a few months, about half a year before they actually split up. But it sounds like, uh, if, if you listen to this story, it sounds like they've already broken up the band, really. Maybe I, maybe I jinxed the band into breaking up. Um, anyway, this is, uh, you might not like this. It's a bit depressing. It's quite, quite bleak. But I like it. It's my sort of um, sense of humour. This series, of which there's only one chapter, is called Burning On, Just Like a Match You Strike to Incinerate the Lives of Everyone You Knew, which is a uh, My Comical Romance lyric. Was it from Helena? I think that's the song. Um, it just it makes me laugh, just the title alone. I like it. Just <laughs> It's just stupid for what this actually is. Burning On, Just Like a Match You Strike to Incinerate the Lives of Everyone You Knew. I guess what I try to do there is like a pastiche of actual fan fiction, which has which takes itself too seriously, and it has sort of wanky titles like that, which is just which are just lyrics lifted from songs and don't really have any sort of correlation between to the story that is you know the, the actual story in the fan fiction, like you know they don't match at all. Um, so that's what I did there. There's nothing in this about uh, matches being struck. Or people's lives uh, that you knew, or incineration, or anything on, or anything. And if anything, like in this story, Gerard's not even burning on. He's. It's, I'm not. I'm, I'll just. Let, I'll read the story, and you can decide for yourself how how little the title means. This is chapter one of Burning On, just like a match you strike to incinerate the lives of everyone you knew, by Sheridan Blackhead. Here we go. The trap doors sprang open with a thud and the greyhounds began chasing after the mechanical hare as if their lives depended on it. 
A stadium of drunken spectators cheered on as the crazed canines furiously followed the robotic rodents. Even though neither parties, the dogs and the people, would see much benefit from the end result, most would walk away empty-handed, aside from the few lucky ones who might have won the odd quid or two, and the winning greyhound would end up with a mouthful of wool and silicon chips and would spend the night in a kennel. Nevertheless, no soul at the racetrack had a care for the future. All were living in the now, floating on the buzz of exhilaration caused by being in the company of hundreds of other tipsy humans, watching a bunch of dogs fueled by excitement and pedigree. This was a completely different picture to the Ladbrokes betting shop in Cumbernauld, where Gerard Way was watching the race on a knackered TV hanging off the wall on a badly fitted wall bracket. In a dirty Gola tracksuit, a complete contrast to the trademark uniform he wears on stage when playing with his band My Chemical Romance, Gerard was definitely eager to watch the dog race to its conclusion, for he had £100 riding on dog number five. £100 he oughtn't to have spent on a betting slip, for that was £100 that was meant to be child support money. Gerard held his betting slip tight. If he lost, he wouldn't hear the last of it off his ex-wife, and God knows what sort of trouble he should get him into with the local authorities. He definitely put his neck on the line this time. <clears throat> Dog number five was in third place, slowly catching up with the two in front of him. With two turns left, Gerard squeezed the slip in his fist, creasing it a little. The faulty air conditioning system in Ladbrokes wasn't helping dry his sweating brow, never mind drying his tears. His tearing eyes, sorry. The dog was speeding up, but not quite quick enough. And that's when it tripped up and broke one of its hind legs and had to be put down. Dog number two won. Gerard went home and cried. And that was burning on just like a match you strike to incinerate the lives of everyone you knew by Sheridan Blackhead. I hope you enjoyed it. I don't think I read it very well. Um, I would like to go back to that series, I think. Uh, Gerard Way doesn't have an ex-wife, I don't think. He's very happily married. He's got a lovely uh, daughter called Bandit, I think. Yeah, Bandit Way. Um, pure fiction, pure fiction. Don't read into it. Um, what should I do now to end this? I've got about 10 minutes, I'd say, before anyone shows up and records this wrestling podcast with me. Should I just see if there's any other sort of uh, fan fiction to read? Might do. What? Let's think of a band. Is there any more? Is there any shit bands out there that I can think of? Um, what, what fan fiction shall I read? Shall I read some Green Day fan fiction? I'll see what Green Day fan fiction there is out there, by written by anyone on fanfiction.net. Uh, uh, come on. Is there anything good on here? I don't think so. A one-shot using the song What's Her Name by Green Day. It's a romance slash drama. Don't think that'll be very good. Oh! Here's one called Living With Green Day. Two twin sister run away to meet their favourite band, Green Day. Looks like it's written in bro broken English. Um, I'll give this a read. I'm going to read this uh, as it's written. Any typos and stuff, I'm not going to correct. Um... God almighty, it's about nearly 3,000 words. Yeah, I'm going to read this. Might be okay. This is by someone called XX, My Worst Nightmare. Living with Green Day. There's only one chapter. Three reviews. Are they good reviews? I can't read the reviews. 
Anyway, Living with Green Day by XX, my worst nightmare on fanfiction.net. Check it out for yourself. Read along with me, listener. You know you want to. Get up, yelled Michael, too fat to actually walk up the stairs. Oh, I hate fat man, said Trint, covering her head with a pillow. Trint. Yeah, me too. Why did mum marry him? Asked Anthem, sitting up. Trint and Anthem. Because they're in love, remember, said Trint, rolling her eyes. Ugh, love. What a bunch of bollocks, said Anthem, as bollocks with an X at the end, said Anthem, fixing he blue hair. You girls better be down here in five seconds, he screamed. like that's humanely possible, fat man, yelled Anthem, pulling out cloths from her side of the closet. I always wondered this. We have three rooms upstairs, but yet we have to share a room? Asked Trint, making a face in the mirror. What do you mean by that, huh? You saying you don't love me anymore? Asked Anthem, pacing back and forward. What, dude? I didn't say any of that, said Trint, giving her a smirk. Oh, yes, you did. I'm very hurt, cried Anthem, trying to, fold her, trying to hold her laughter. Shut up, laughed Trint, pulling her purple hair, which was now in need of another dye job, into a ponytail. Oh, so now you're telling me to shut up? You're the one who needs to shut up, laughed Anthem. You guys ready? Called a softer voice from the steps. Yeah, mum, said Anthem, grabbing a pair of skinny jeans. No, shirt? Asked Trint, confused. I'll just wear the one I slept in, said Anthem, walking out of their room to change her cloths. What a weirdo, mumbled Trint, smiling. She quickly got changed and ran downstairs, halfway falling down the stairs more like it. Wow, said Fat Man, shaking his head. What? asked Trint, looking at him. Nothing, said Fat Man, looking down. Whatever, said Trint, grabbing her shoes. Don't get an attitude with me, said Fat Man, glaring at her. I wasn't, said Trint, getting agitated. Whatever, said Fat Man, basically throwing his phone down. Don't get your panties in a twist, said Anthem, smiling. You watch that mouth or you'll be in big trouble, growling fat man. Like I'm scared of you, growled Anthem, glaring at him. Anthem, I thought I raised you better than that, said Mum, walking in. I'm sorry, Mum, said Anthem, looking down. Are you following this? I hope you are. You're on thin ice, said fat man. Anthem and Trent just glared at him. Come on, I'll take you to school, said Mum, smiling. Thanks, said Trent. I hope, hope you did catch all of that. That was a great uh, exchange. As they got their stuff into the car, Fat Man called Anthem over. What? she asked. These tickets? he asked, ho- holding them between his fat fingers. Yes. How did you get them? They were in my bag, said Anthem, a little worried about what else he found. He might have seen a tampon or something. Imagine that. Christ. It was on the table, said Fat Man, in his stupid voice. That doesn't give you a right to look through my bag, yelled Anthem, grabbing the tickets from his hand and ran to the car. What's wrong, sweetie? asked Mum, looking back at her. He went through my bag, she said, looking down. Well, what's in there that you don't want us to see? asked Mum, start to drive away from the house. You're taking his side, yelled Anthem. I'm no taking sides, said Mum, trying to keep her cool. He still has no right, said Anthem. Honey, you're still a teenager. We have the rights to check in on you, said Mum. Well, I think you have a tight two, Mum. Not fat man, said Trent, looking out the window. These are all typos. I'm I'm not 
gotten stupid. I'm just reading how it is written. He has right. He's your stepdad, said mum. He has right. He has right. He's your stepdad, said mum. Yes, some stepdad, mumbled Anthem. It was quite the ride the rest of the way to school. Bye, sweeties. Have a great day. Love you, said mum from the car. Whatever, whispered Anthem. Hey, babes, said Bryce, putting his arms around them. On the record, Bryce is a big flirt. No one can stand him. On the record. On the record. Can you even tell us apart? Asked Trent. I can't. Yes, love. You're Anthem, said Bryce, smiling. Wrong! I'm Anthem, she smiled. No, you're not. I am, yelled Trent. Uh, that, that wouldn't work as an exchange because... Would it? No, I don't think that would work the way they've written it. Um, the look on his face was priceless. Trent couldn't help but laugh. No, go, said Anthem, pushing him away. Why does he like us? asked Trent. He likes everybody, said Anthem. I know. But why can't a guy like Ryan Rendell's like us? asked Trent, laughing. Because we're not that lucky. Ryan Rendell's? Do they mean Ryan Reynolds? Who's Ryan Rendell's? I'm going to Google. I'm taking a little break from uh, Living with Green Day quickly. Ryan Rendell's? Is it just a character from their high school? I don't know. I think they might have meant Ryan Reynolds. The actor. Oh, well. Why can't a guy like Ryan Rendell's like us? Asked Trent, laughing. Because we're not that lucky, said Anthem, laughing. When the bell rang, everyone cleared the halls. Well, see you in fourth, called Trent. See you, said Anthem, walking the other way. We're halfway through this, listener. We'll get through it, I promise. As the day seemed to creep by, then finally fourth hour came. Phew. Twin, yelled Trent, laughing. The teacher looked up. She didn't seem too happy about the yelling. My toxic twin, yelled Anthem, smiling. Be quiet, please, snapped Mrs. Vane. <laughs> Anthem took her normal seat next to Trent. Do you guys have to be, um, so loud, asked a prep sitting in front of them. Sorry, what? I couldn't hear you. You were too loud, said Trent, smiling. I can see why nobody likes you, she said, rolling her eyes. Together, Trent and Anthem started singing. Nobody likes you. Everyone left at you. That's not how it goes. Girls, yelled Mrs. Vane. One more outburst and you'll got the office. Mrs. Vane is very illiterate, I, I think, for a, a teacher. Hey, her face is your hair colour, giggled Anthem. Hehe, <laughs> it is. Trent giggled back. Mrs. Vane sat there and glared. The bell rang in its off-sounding tone to start class. Oh, okay, young people. Tomorrow will be spring break and God knows why. She stopped and looked at Anthem, who had her hand raised. Yes, blue-haired one, said Mrs. Vane, forgetting her name again. I'm atheist and I take offence when people use that word, she said, smiling. You're going to hell, she said a prep laughing. I think it's because they used the word God. Um, no, I'm going to be a tree, and I hope that when you come back as a bush, a dog pees on you, said Anthem, smirking. I hope they'll cut you down and print the Bible on you, she snapped. Before Anthem could say anything else, Mrs. Vane snapped. I hope you two shut up. I hope everyone shuts up in this. Everyone stared at her wide-eyed. Now, as I was saying, on your spring break, I want you to write a paper, she continued. Easy, said Trent. Yeah, I know, said Anthem, smiling. 
I'm calling your parents, said Mrs. Vane. What? Why? asked Trint. You two never stop talking, said Mrs. Vane, and as she continued, and she continued to the class. Finally, the bell rang. What? How? Oh, it's been 40 seconds. This has been the quickest lesson ever. Finally, the bell rang. No teaching has been done here at all. Finally, the bell rang. Remember, young people, your papers will be over what you do on spring break, called Mrs. Vane when everyone was trying to leave. I hate her, said Trent. Yeah, me too, said Anthem, as if it needed to be said. Man, we have nothing to do over spring break to write about, said Trent. Well, you know how Green Day is coming to town, said Anthem, asked Anthem, smiling. Yeah, but they're sold out. Hello. <laughs> Thank Christ for that, Paul. Oh, good. Paul, I'm reading a fan fiction. You are, sorry? I'm reading a... Come and sit down. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Vicario from Around the Ring in Seven Days has joined. Hi, all. Hiya. Come and sit down. I'm recording uh, my podcast that I release on Saturdays. Yeah. And uh, I've got nothing prepared, so I'm just reading Green Day fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Green Day fan fiction? Green Day fan fiction. It's literally the worst thing I've ever read in my life. I didn't even know that existed. No. I'm up to, um... Uh, where's Fat Man when you need him? Yeah, oh, where am I up to? I forget, Anne. Oh, the, the, these two twins, I've got to re- write a paper about what they're doing on the spring break. But, um, they've got nothing to write about. They've got a shit teacher, apparently. I don't know. Okay. Is there, uh... Is it erotica, uh, fan fiction? Is there a... I don't think so. I don't know how old these, uh... These... The teenagers, I know that, but I don't know if okay. they're, uh, just, just Age of consent, I don't know. Uh... Doesn't look like an earthquake. Laughing. Where's earthquake? We're skipping ahead quite a bit here. Oh, earthquake! Yeah, look at that. Um, we'll just get key points down if that's what you're looking for. I think so. Oh, watch out for snakes or snacks. What? What? Uh, one of the twins <laughs> is called. One of the girls is called Trint. The others, Trint. Anthem Trint. Have you ever heard anyone called Trint in your life? No, it's got to be short for something. I don't know. Trinity. I don't Trinity, know. Trinity, maybe. It's a stupid name. Anthem. Anthem. Yeah. I mean, apologies if you called Trent an anthem in real life. Or anthem. Snake, snake, snack. My God, snack, said anthem. She could tell she was blushing. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what I've walked into. Uh, 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 I'm glad you have, though. Uh, what's this? The... They're off to London, I think, later on in this. I'm skipping ahead quite a bit here, down to the bottom. London, nice place, home of sex pistols. Yeah, Sid Vicious was hot, said anthem, babbling. I'm Derek. They meet a guy called Derek, but D-E-R-Y-C-K. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I spell it like the lead singer of Sum 41, he says, uh. smiling. <laughs> oh. It's funny, though. It is pretty funny. Um, well. I'm going to abandon this story because uh, I don't really want to read the rest of it. Paul, I want to know what happens. Well, I think is there anything at the end? This is the end right here. Oh? This is the very end. The end, by the way, is... Uh, why are you glaring, asked Anthem. I was, asked Trent, laughing. Yeah, said Anthem. That was a great exchange up here. I'm not going to read it again for the <laughs> sake of the listeners, but it was awful. It was just like... Actually, I will. I'm going to read this again. Bye, sweeties. Have a great day. Love you, said Mum from the car. Whatever, said Anthem. No, is that what it is? It's, it was awful. It was... Um... Oh, here we are. Here we are. She quickly got changed and ran down the stairs, halfway falling down the stairs more like it. Wow, said Fat Man, shaking his head. He's the stepdad. Oh. What? Asked Trent, look, said, look, uh, asked Trent, looking at him. Nothing, said Fat Man, looking down. 
Whatever, said Trent, grabbing her shoes. Don't get an attitude with me, said Fat Man, glaring at her. I wasn't, said Trent, getting agitated. Whatever, said Fat Man, basically throwing his phone down. That's the best bit of uh, literature I've ever read. Anyway, let's abandon this, living with Green Day. Mm. Paul, can you convince, please, uh, Mm. my listeners, uh, why they should listen to Around the Ring in Seven Days? Oh, and Tom McManus is here as well. You've missed a lot. Uh, yeah, you have. Why they should listen to your podcast? No, why they should listen to your, our, our podcast? Ah, okay, right. Uh, well, a lot of it revolves around uh, finding faults in Tom McManus's That's good. life. Tom, come and yeah. agreeing. Share this mic with me, Tom. Tom McManus, uh, everyone. Hi, Tom McManus. Many faults to my life. <laughs> you, smell <laughs> like, you smell like cigarettes, Tom. Uh, Probably that's not because I've had one. Uh. Probably not as many. Faults as that fan fiction we, uh, Harry was just reading I was just, about I was Green reading Day. Some, I was reading some Green oh, Day fan Green fiction. Oh, Green Day fan fiction. Paul walked in on a very was... awkward... Uh... <laughs> it was Jesus weird. Christ. He was getting animated with it as well. Could you hear me through the headphones in that room? I could hear you speaking because it was... Yeah. Oh, right, okay. I was that I was about to, I was about oh, to walk shit, in. Shit, that means anyone that walked through that corridor would have heard me. Mm. Security might have heard me reading fan and, fiction And they really might loud. think that it was yours. Why were you reading it really fact, loud? Because I'm doing a podcast, Tom. And oh, I'm, you're I'm doing s- a podcast of reading. Ah, yeah. oh, right, okay. And you're on okay. that podcast right now. I am. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You were on last week's podcast. Well, Hello? not last week's, the last episode. It was, um, you know, that, that radio show we did on Shock Radio that time. Before, oh, before God, yeah. I put that on. That's available to listen. Is it? To, you on, put that Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can tune in and listen to that was one. That, that, that was the one where I woke up late and forgot that I had to do the radio show. Yeah, and you knocked yeah, on my bedroom door and, and we ran like, over to the studios. Come, come and did help that. me do this show. Brilliant. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this one up and we're going to record our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So thanks Bye for listening, all. listeners. I don't know when the next episode will be. Uh, Subscribe to it. Paul, what's your uh, Twitter? At Guiding Light IQ. At Guiding Light IQ. Tom yeah. is at Tom McRussell Pro. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, at Tom Mac Russell Pro. Or you could uh, give give plug something else. Go on, you can do it. Like. I, d- I don't have anything to plug. That's disappointing. Uh, actually, no. Russell Pro, June thirtieth, Saturday, June thirtieth, Armed Forces Day show, fight for the forces, uh, free show for anyone in the Salford That's area. Excellent. So you can come down. Uh, we got markets on. Uh, loads of stuff is going to be that happening. Be? That will be on Camp Street at uh, the new Salford Lifestyle Centre, formerly Fit City Lower Broughton, on June the 30th, and I think it's all day on the Saturday. That's magical. 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 No. Good. Get yourself down to that if you like wrestling. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. I'm very sorry about the quality of this podcast. Tune in uh, Around the Ring in Seven Days, where the quality will be only slightly better. <laughs> Because Tom and Paul have prepared it. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.